Hello everybody, welcome to Basket News Talks. Uh, I'm the host Donatos Urbanas and I have a special guest here in Fenerbahce Ulker Sports Arena, Jan Vesely, one Thank of the faces you. of the EuroLeague and of course uh, the main face of Fenerbahce. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, Jan, I would like to start with the summer you had. You had an amazing summer with once-in-a-lifetime experience and uh, tell me about the biggest highlight of Tokyo Olympics for yourself, but not just on the court. For example, uh, for me, I like that. I love that story when uh, Kevin Durant had that, you know, happy birthday uh, song, even though it was not his birthday and all the tunnel before, you know, coming out no. in the arena on the parade was, you know, uh, <laughs> clapping happy birthday. Did you have any highlights you will remember to this day or even longer? Uh, just, uh, there is no particular moment that that happened, but only for us to qualify for the Olympics and, uh, you know, being there and, and, and play against, you know, the, the best teams in, in the world, you know, so that was, uh, that was great experience, you know, to meet other, other sports, uh, sports people, you know, in the, in the world, the best athletes, you know, on the one place that was, you know, you go to the lunch and you see, uh, the sprinters, you know, all, the, all these people, you know, tennis players, and then it's it's a great experience. You know, you never you watch all the all the time. You know, you watch Olympics at home in front of the TV, and now you are in the village. So I think all the experience around around the Olympics uh, that's gonna stay in my memory forever. I think. Usually, players are tired of fans approaching them, you know, asking for selfies, autographs, and stuff like that. But was there any like athlete you actually wanted to be as a fan, you know, to go to make a selfie or, you know, to just to say hi? Because as you said, so many great athletes was in one place. Actually, actually, you know, there is a, there is a tradition that uh, uh, every, every country has uh, their own pins. So basically you go and exchange pins with, uh, with uh, the other, other uh, sportsmen. So it's just, you know, just this interactive, you know, stuff where you just say, mm. hey, what do you do? And it's like, so it's, uh, it's this, this atmosphere I, I liked a lot, you know, so you talk, you know, somebody from uh, Bahamas, you know, mm. the sprinters from Bahamas, so, and just exchange pins, you know, to talk for, with them for 30 seconds and, uh, uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's great. So, I mean, there were a lot of, lot of <laughs> players that I know a lot of people that you would, you would take, uh, pictures with. And, and I know how, uh, how annoying it is sometimes. So honestly, I, I didn't have, uh, I didn't want to go and bother somebody. So, and then I saw on Instagram, you know, Djokovic was <laughs> going crazy, you know, everybody going with him and then taking pictures. So, uh, I think only for that reason, you know, I just, you know, maybe to leave them alone and just, you know, enjoy it and focus for the, for the events that they are there. Let's make a short recognition for Czech basketball because I, for example, I remember that uh, I was in 2015 Eurobasket and probably there was also Lubos Barton still playing. I think Jiri Welsh was also yes, still yes, playing. Yes. And you I, guys mean, made... I wasn't there actually in 2015. I wasn't there. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. uh, I think that that team already made the quarterfinals and it was... Oh no, yes, 2017 I wasn't there. Yes, you're right, I was there. Yeah, yes. so so it was already kind of surprised and probably most people thought that it's no, one, not, not once in a lifetime surprise, yeah. but one of the surprises you won't see uh, anywhere in the future. And now your team made the Olympics, uh, had a great uh, World Cup. And uh, I was just thinking, what was that turnaround point? What was that turning point, which kind of, you know, boosted Czech national team basketball uh, that now we watch them, you know, in like fighting for top eights yeah. and fighting in the Olympics? Um, I don't think that there were, uh, there was a turning point. 
Uh, I think you know that uh, generation transi- generational transition uh, that we had, you know, uh, Barton and, and Welsh and other guys, you know, uh, Peter Benda and the rest of rest of these guys uh, finishing basically their uh, national team careers. And also, let's say, the, uh, be, be before the end of their careers, and us being, uh, let's say, let's say top uh, projects in uh, in European basketball. Uh, I think that uh, with me and Satoransky and uh, the the rest of the group, you know, everybody understood from the beginning that we are a national team. Uh, what's everybody's role? So uh, what they can bring to the table, they don't expect, you know, okay, now I score in the team, I'm, I'm, I'm scoring 25 points, then it's coming to the national team and it's going to be the same. It's, not, it's, it's never the same again. It's not the same with me and Satoransky, you know, it's totally different roles that we have in our teams. So everybody found the role and, and like I said, the transition between, you know, coming from the old guys to our, to our generation and we are taking over this, our generation taking over. And again, we have some uh, some uh, good young guys, and uh, so that was it. But the main thing I would say that is the, is, the, is the chemistry between all the players and all the guys, not not players. Let's say as all, all the people together. Uh, this is you know really one of the one of the best group of guys I I, I ever played with or witnessed and been part of. It's it's always fun, you know. It's always everybody enjoy uh, being together. Everybody enjoy spending su- summer together, and then it transitioned on the court. You know, uh, we like to you know play together. We, we we assist to each other. You know, we motivate each other every every game. So uh, I would say the atmosphere is 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 the key to to our success. You already Czech national team is already doing great things. You know, qualifying to top eights or fighting for Olympic quarterfinals. But what do you think? What is that next small step to make it, for example, through the final four to finally to fight the medal? What do you think? What is that missing piece you have to you know go through? Uh, I have no idea what uh, what we can do on that part. I mean, we we really we every every game we play. Every tournament we play, we uh, we giving 100 percent, and uh, sometimes teams uh, underestimate us, uh, which playing our cards, of course. And uh, but during the period from, like you said, 2015, you know, when we were underdogs to to everybody, and uh, now we have to just you know prove that we deserve to be on that level where we are. So. Uh, I don't know. We just, you know, have to play the same way, you know, and try to fight maybe even more, and see what uh, we can do. But uh, to play for medals is difficult on every level. If it's Olympics, if it's a World Cup and Eurobasket, you know, Eurobasket is a, is a great competition. So it's it's not easy. But like I said, you know, every time we step on the court, we we, we give our best. Uh, we're talking before the Istanbul uh, Cup uh, finals, and yesterday it was a nice ceremony for Jelko Bradovic for all the appreciation, appreciation for the coaching staff too. Uh, how it feels for you to watch Jelko in different jersey? I mean, it's weird. Yeah, I spent I spent uh, six years six years with him, and it's it's weird, you know. And tonight, you know, we we'll play we we'll play against them, so it's gonna be I think even more weird. Also for the fans, you know, they, <laughs> I don't know what uh, they're going to cheer for. Because yesterday the they were cheering for Partizan. They, okay, they cheer for Jelko, <laughs> but, uh, but still, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be fun to watch. But like I said, you know, it's, it's, it's weird, but 
again, that's uh, that's life, and and everybody has their own path. So I mean, it's impossible that somebody can be with the team 20 years. You know, it's it's not Greg Popovich. You know that he's there really for for that many years, and 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 uh, I think he needed the break, and he rested. So I think this is a good challenge for him. As a former Partizan player, probably. You if there's another team for Jelko, probably Partizan is the best team which you could think for, right? Uh, of course. I mean, if it's in Serbia, then then of course. I mean, uh, there is no other option for him uh, than Partizan. Uh, but uh, honestly, I was almost surprised, you know, with this decision. I mean, uh, I understand the challenge, but I, I was still I was still surprised. So I'm looking forward, you know, to see how how they will do in uh, in, in the season. What, what do you think about that project? I mean, uh, I, I like the project, I like the idea, um, but you know, Jacob was never coaching in, in, in Euro Cup, if I'm not, if I'm not uh, wrong. And uh, yeah, uh, like I say, you know, I understand the challenge why why uh, he he he's part of this uh, this project and part of this idea. I. I presented you as the guest of this show, but actually I'm your guest at your home. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I said like, thank you for inviting me and you came <laughs> to our house. <houses. laughs> Tell me what it, what Istanbul means to you. Uh, now it's basically my, my, my second home. I mean, I was always saying, you know, Serbia is my second home. It still is, uh, but uh, me being my eighth year already here, it's, uh, you know, I was honestly, I was looking forward, you know, when I finished the Olympics and when I finished, you know, visiting all my uh, family and all my grandmothers with my son and stuff. So I was happy, you know, to come here and to come to the routine. You know, you you know that you wake up in the morning, you you take your son to school, to kindergarten, then you go to practice, and then you know that it's uh, you have the routine. So and like this in the summer, everything is, you know, you are going there, you are visiting Serbia, you was in Czech Republic. You're going for a vacation a little bit, but here, you know, it's uh, it's just set, so you have your, your your own thing. So basically, yeah, it's 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 my home now. If I remember well, you joined the uh, Fenerbahce in 2014, and if I'm not uh, mistaken, only you and Meli Mamutoglu uh, still mm, yes. to this day play uh, for Fenerbahce. What do you remember the most about that beginning? You know before this whole culture of Fenerbahce was being built by Jelko by Mauricio Gerardini. Honestly, when I was coming, I didn't even know, you know, what uh, Fenerbahce means. I mean, I knew that uh, uh, they are they are, you know, playing Euro League and they have a history. But uh, uh, basically, when you come and you are part of, of Fenerbahce, not only basketball as as, as a club, uh, and what kind of history they have and what kind of a fan base they have, uh, I mean, I was I was surprised, you know. So uh, and. Uh, that's, I think, one of the reasons that uh, that I stayed for so many years because you know I like uh, <laughs> these kind of fans and I don't I like this kind of energy. So yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't know what when I came, I didn't know what, what is what is happening. But during the times that uh, that passed, it's it's grew to me and then um, I'm loving it here. I remember that uh, I, I was told that uh, you uh, back then in 2014 you were a very unique signing. Uh, you were a very unique <laughs> player in the Euroleague in terms of skill and athleticism, and it was not very usual for that kind of you know for these Euroleague centers uh, back uh, back in the day. Do you remember you know how Euroleague was also changing maybe because of you 
uh, also the way you changed the game. Did you feel that way also that teams also started, you know, to make some projects to, let's say, match you also and, you know, that kind of Fenerbahce game? Um, I don't know if uh, I wouldn't say that I changed something in, in, uh, in the EuroLeague. I mean, honestly, when I was signing, I was signing as a foreman. Mm -hmm. And, and then, uh, you know, Bielica at that time, you know, being, uh, you know, MVP that year, uh, Jelko just decided, you know, that uh, me and him together as a four and five, it's, it's a great fit, you know, also me and him playing pick and roll. So he is a ball handler uh, and me as a five. So, uh, in that period, you don't see many four and five pick and rolls, you know, uh, happening. So I think in that time was, uh, was new for, for people. It was not that usual. And that was our, you know, main, 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 uh, let's say, main attacking mode. Uh, so in that part, I don't know if it changed something, but I think we, we, we forced teams to adjust, you know, to that kind of uh, game. And uh, from that moment, you know, I basically I become a five-man, athletic five-man in, in, in Europe. I mean, I can adjust like, you know, I can find myself on, on, on the four, so I can find uh, spots on the court where I can uh, help the team on the four. So I think I would say I'm like a combo guy, you know, who's going between four and five and then just do whatever coach wants from, from me and, uh, and, and, and help the team as much as I can. Year by year, you became more complete player. Let's say every year adding some skill, adding some, for example, range and more and more skills. And something like you did more than maybe in the NBA they asked you uh, to do. What do you remember, you know, what was behind that? What do you remember the most about, you know, changing the way you play? Oh, okay, the NBA, NBA was, uh, was different. You know, I was young coming there, coming the lockout year. Uh, I would say not, not coming to the good situation in, in, in the team. So all the things, you know, happening, you know, I lost my confidence when I was there. So all these things played part of, of my now transitioning, you know, to, to coming to Europe and basically going, you know, step by step, you know, it's my eighth year. Like you said, every year I do something else and, uh, and I get more confidence, you know, every year. So, um, I just, I'm, I'm trying not to force, you know, to do, okay, now I'll be in one year, I'll be great shooter, great, uh, free throw shooter, great, uh, ball handler and stuff like that. So, uh, I really want to focus on one thing, uh, to do basically, let's say in the, in the summer and to, and to be, uh, 100% sure from my side that, uh, I'm comfortable with, uh, doing. So that's, uh, basically my goal. What I was doing, uh, these eight years now in Fener to, Every year, proof, uh, to uh, improve something and uh, and be uh, consistent and, and feel good in that thing. What I what I'm what I'm doing. So, and that's it. You won the Euroleague with Fenerbahce. You became a better player with Fenerbahce, and let's say like you became more ready for the NBA. And I was told that NBA teams were really seriously, you know, knocking your door, trying, you know, to uh, to like to turn you, you know, to, to make a comeback to the NBA. What do you remember the most about if you were close to coming back to the NBA and what were you thinking about these options? Uh, yes, like you said, there, there were offers and, uh, but I think, the, I think it was my, my second year in Fener. Uh, I think that was the most serious, you know, offer and stuff, but, uh, 
I think, or at that, in that moment, I, I thought that uh, I'm not 100% ready to uh, to go back. I was thinking, you know, if I go now, okay, I I improve something, I, I gain confidence. If I go back there, it can happen to, uh, again. What happened? So I think maybe it was uh, just you know a bad experience from uh, from the NBA that I already had. So at that time, I didn't uh, choose to go. And the rest was, you know, just, let's say, offers that uh, was not uh, acceptable from my part, let's say. Mm. I, w- I wanted to, you know, be a uh, bit more sure and has more, not freedom, but, you know, has more playing time and be sure that I have the playing time. If not, if that's not the secret, what team it was? Because usually when we talk about the NBA and the Europeans, a lot of depends what kind of organization it is and what's their approach in international players. Probably there's a big difference if it's San Antonio Spurs and, uh, for example, other tanking team. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say this. <laughs> I wouldn't say no this. Worry. No worries. That's okay. My, no, my, no, no, my no. part was to ask you. No, if you no, don't okay, answer, no, no. I'm okay. Uh, you're getting ready for the eighth season with Fenerbahce, which is, uh, which is uh, already crazy. And throughout all these years, you started as a young guy in yeah. that team. You played <laughs> with many leaders, with many veterans. And now you're becoming that kind of veteran. And thank which, you for bringing this up. Yes. <laughs> which everybody is looking up. You know, they're, if they're kind of situation which where they need an answer, they look at their leader. They look at their veteran. You, Nando De Golo, for example. Uh, what did you try... Okay, like naturally, what did you try to take from every player's, every leader's brain? What, what, which leaders impressed you the, the most and in a, what way they impressed you the most? Honestly, in my years during the, during in Fener, I mean, we had, we had uh, a lot of great players and a lot of, uh, you know, g- good leaders. But honestly, in my, in my career, when I played, I always turned back to uh, my captain who was in, in, in Partizan. And it's Pera Bozic. And honestly, this is the, 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 the best example of, of a leader and a professional guy that it's, how to say, uh, he, in that time, you know, he didn't play much. Uh, he had some, some minutes, he had some role, but, uh, still, you know, it was more forced to, to the young guys, but still. He was the captain and whatever he said, uh, that was it. You know, there was not, not, not even, uh, I, I'm not saying he was never, uh, he was always right. Mm-hmm. He said, <laughs> but, uh, was not, not even thinking a little bit that, okay, yeah, come on, what are you talking about? So no, it was always. So in my now being, <laughs> let's say the second oldest on the team, uh, I'm trying to, you know, in back of my head, I'm trying to, uh, implement this. This behavior and this, you know, trying you know, even how he talked to the players on the court and, and stuff. So uh, this stayed in my head basically how many years? It's 13. It now is 14 years that I, I came to Partizan. So 14 years I know I know that guy and then the, it stayed with me. And this is for really the best, uh, the best captain and best, you know, let's say leader. Mm. Like off the court, on the yeah. court, you know, and, and still wasn't the best player on the team. So ah. for me, that's that's the, the best. C- can you uh, describe Bozic in details, like with some experiences you you, ca- you had in a way, how he talks with players, uh, how he motivates his team? 
even even you know like i said he didn't have uh, much uh, much playing time and he didn't have the mm. role that he's you know the best player he's the leader of the team on on uh, on uh, let's say points and, and mm -hmm. playing time but uh, every time he stepped on the court uh even you know he had his knees problems you know he, he made surgeries on his knees but he still he, ah, he came he's a fighter he's a fighter he came he he, he was uh, always uh Best on practice, the, the, mm -hmm. he gave 100% in practice. Uh, even if you talk something on, on the court and it's not good for the team, he comes mm -hmm. to you and straight up he tells you, hey, you know, shut up. <laughs> it's, not, mm -hmm. it's not the place uh, to talk. Uh, and these kind of things, those little things, you know, there is a lot of, uh, like, yes, like you say, you know, you, you know this in, in the training, guys, you have a great, Players that are the same, mm -hmm. I believe, and Jan Kunas is one of one of the yeah. one of the uh, players like that too. That he's you know respected uh, in 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 the team. So uh, basically, you know, whatever he said, that that was it. You know, ah. and it was not like hey, okay, now he putting shoulders. Hey, come on, you are young guy or nothing? No, no, he always said it in a respected way, but he said it, you know, it's, that it meant, you know. So that's in my head is. Really respect. And how do you feel right now, being that kind of leader or an example which you have to be? Uh, I'm still like learning, to honestly, yeah. but uh, <laughs> on the court, I'm trying to, you know, uh, help my teammates. You know, every year, you know, we have uh, some some new players coming in. Sometimes we have a lot of players coming in, but still the the the, the culture. And I'm trying to explain, you know, what is the culture of Fenerbahce? You know, what which kind of games mean for Fener uh, the most, you know, and uh, where basically you cannot lose. You have to give 200%. Okay, if you lose, then they will understand, okay, you gave everything and that they can understand the fans. But uh, those kind of stuff, you know, what coach wants. Okay, mm -hmm. coach try to go through me and uh, and uh, talk to the players in a way, okay, uh, take your time on low post, what I do with uh, Deshaun. And, uh, and he comes to me, okay, he listens to me and... Uh, and he understands that I'm not telling him, hey, come on, you are uh, crazy. And this one, I'm telling him, you know, to help me on the end of the day and to help him first. And uh, so I, I have a feeling that, you know, whatever I say and uh, the, the players, the new, the old players, uh, then uh, they respect me and they uh, uh, listen what I say. The last year, it was the situation. There was a situation where probably you had, you know, to show that leadership. It was a tough moment for the team, a big losing streak. But you managed, you know, to switch it. You managed to come back to go for the playoffs. You were, if not all these injuries, COVID uh, situations and stuff, you were a great uh, matchup for uh, CSKA Moscow. Do you remember what kind of, you know, initiative you showed uh, inside the locker room? If you felt that you had to say or to have to do something, what were your actions? Let's say. I don't talk so. I mean, I don't like to talk so much. You know that I come to locker room and now mm. I have a 15-minute speech. I mean, yeah. for me, it's, uh, I, I don't <laughs> like it, and I like I don't like to point. You know, say, okay, you make this bad. You didn't set the screen like this and this. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I try to go for myself and show them on the court that if I do that, okay, then uh, you can do example. it too. Because show oh. by example, exactly. And the turning point, I mean, yeah, we, we signed Goodrich uh, last year and with him, you know, being, uh, let's say, more, more baller, like understanding, you know, situation, how, how we played already here. And uh, I think that was uh, the one piece that we were missing, you know, to understand, you know, I don't need to tell you, uh, hey, come on, I go on backdoor. I can look at you and you go for backdoor. So it's, uh, 
that kind of player, you know, helped us and uh, with just understanding each other on the court without saying anything, basically. So, uh, uh, yeah, that's it. And the last question, uh, you started a new project with Fenerbahce in 2014. It was a long era with Želko Bradovic. Now you're also the big part of new generation, new project of Fenerbahce, of the rebuilding. How that rebuilding, how that post-Jelko era is going for, for you guys? I mean, it's not easy, you know, when you when you have six years uh, coaches uh, of Obradovic uh, to bring, you know, whoever after after him, you know, people would think, you know, fans and everybody would think, you know, it's you cannot change him basically, but uh, you can, you know, and then you have to, you know, he left, so you have to. You have to give your best as a coach, as we as the players, you know, we have to help the coach, you know, to, to get used to um, the, the atmosphere here and uh, what the club wants. So, uh, yeah, me and Nelly, you know, being the, the players that they are here, you know, forever and, uh, and uh, also, you know, we have to, we have to just help, you know, everybody around uh into the transition on the, to to get on the court and just you know what to know what we are doing as a team i'm not sure where are all your retired jerseys in this oh, they put uh, them down because the okay. season didn't start yet <laughs> okay but probably this is also one of your goals right this is the moment which uh, you honestly look. it's not my goal but uh, i mean that would be you know i mean crazy crazy accomplishment you know in your career to uh to have your jersey retired i mean to for somebody to appreciate you that much, you know, to that put your jersey to nobody to wear the number anymore. So, I mean, that would be, you know, crazy accomplishment. But still, there is a lot, long road in front of me. I'm still 31, so <laughs> we'll see what's, what's going to happen. And, uh, but like I said, you know, I try to lead by example and I try to go in on the court and just give my best and help the team the best I can. Jan, thanks a lot for the for the Thank conversation, and I wish you know to start a new successful era with Fenerbahce. Thank you very much. That was that was it, guys. Uh, you can follow us on basketnews.com, uh, and you can find us all on all main audio platforms.